Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and just a recap of where we left off. Um, last time in chapter 8, we went over just how we uh, associate with one another as believers and not to stumble anybody who may be a newer believer or a weak believer. Um, a lot of the things that we went over had to do with the sacrificing of the meats um, in the pagan temples and uh, idols, idol temples, and uh, we know that isn't true. That we you know there's no idols, so you could you could partake in what you want to partake in with a clear conscience. Um, however, if uh, you do have a brother or sister in the Lord who they find that to be a stumbling block for them. You could limit that or eliminate that from your life to help them out um, as they try to not do those things. Um, as we uh, get into chapter 9... The uh, uh, Paul is starting to try to tell you about him himself and what what he is. And, um, starting in verse one, it says, "Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord?" If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. So the first couple things that he says here, am I apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen you? Those are all accurate statements. Those all he is. He is an apostle. He is free. And not only did he just hear about the Lord, he saw him. He saw him with his own eyes. Am Am I not, are you not my work in the Lord? The Lord has his hand upon Paul and He's, he is the apostle who is there to spread the word and was chosen by God to do those things. But a lot of people don't like Paul. People, I'm not entirely sure why, he's there to preach the Lord and spread the, the truth. But people, he has to, he has to continuously prove himself. He has to continue to 
prove that he is um, there to help. The Corinthian church is, as we've seen throughout this book so far, it's uh, a lot of worldly stuff that happens there. And they're, they're continuously in turmoil. They're continuously doing stuff that isn't godly. And I think they should start listening to Paul, if you ask me. Um, continuing in verse 3, says, My defense to those who examine me is this. Do, not, do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we, not, do we have not right to take along a believing wife, as do all the other apostles, the brothers in the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? So again, he feels he has to prove himself. He feels he has to prove, like, why. I mean, the Corinthian church isn't really a questioning Paul's right to eat, but Paul, you know, has the right to eat and drink, but they are trying to not have it at the expense of the church he serves. But, as you see in 7, it says, whoever goes to war at his own expense, whoever plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock. So the soldier, so you would take these three things that he says here and you could apply it to scripture. You could, try, you could apply it to your walk. Um, talking about the war aspect of it. You need the church as a support. You need the church to stand beside you as you're maybe battling unbelievers or people who may be trying to antagonize you as far, when you're, with your walk. So we have to come together as, per se, like an army and go and spread the word as one. As far as the, um, the vineyard goes, um, you plant, you plant stuff, you have to uh, tend to it and watch it grow. A lot of um, people who go out there and spread the word, evangelizing and going different places and spreading the word, that's sort of the same thing. You're planting the seed. You're giving a little, uh, just a little nugget of what the Lord is, and uh, you give them stuff that they could go into and read about what you said, and they get deeper. That's sort of like the water of uh, the situation, and then you get to. Uh, Benefit from the fruit if you see them around. 
they come to church and they're growing and they're believing and and then someone who tends the flock does not drink from the milk of the flock again if you're going out there and you're uh and you're spreading the word and if you're a pastor and you are ministering to people, you would like to see them thrive and you like to see them um, move forward in, in what they're in, in their walk. So again, you you have, he has the right to be supported by the people he ministers to. Um, Verse 8 says, Do I say these things as a mere man? Or does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not buzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is Is it oxen God is concerned about? So, it does say in the scripture, back in Deuteronomy, talks about um, the ox and uh, talk about the ox is God, it's all God's concerned about. It's not all he's concerned about. Um, God establishes this principle um, when he's ministering to people, and that's what God's main focus is: is the people and and watching them grow, and that's and that's the main that's the main focus of of God. Verse ten it says, "Or does he say it all together?" For our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threads, threshes in hope should be partaker in his hope. So we, it would be cruel to to um, to starve those who you are providing and preparing food for so do that would take away their hope <clears throat> it would make them feel abused and unappreciated so if we are if we have sown spiritual things for you it is a great thing if we reap your your material things verse 12 if others are partakers of the right over you are we not even more nevertheless we have not used this right but endured all things lest we hinder the gospel of christ
So we have to make sure we don't do things that take us away from telling people about Christ. Our main main thing for Paul, the main thing for many of us is to share the gospel. And when all these things creep in, when all these things take us take our focus away from that, it's it 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 hinders the gospel of Christ. Verse 13, do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of things of the temple and those who serve at the altar partake of the things, of the offerings of the, the altar? Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. So again, you have, <clears throat> this is a uh, practice, what you preach scenario. Um, if you're preaching up here or talking about Christ as you're out and about, and if you're sharing the word, you have to believe that and you have to follow that on your day to day. And it's, it's a command. It's not just a good idea. And the Lord commands you to, to make, to make disciples. We're all called to be uh, made disciples. And if you're out there and you're preaching the word and then you're doing all this worldly stuff, that's not a good example and it's not going to, get people to be disciples because they wouldn't want to follow something like that. Verse 15. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. For it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void. So Paul here says, he's not doing this. He's not doing this for anything but preaching the, the word. He's not doing this for anything but to bring people to the Lord. Um, Paul's boasting wasn't that he preached the gospel. Instead, his boasting was that he would be able to do it without asking his hearers for support. Paul's a good example to all of us how not to ask for any real praise. A lot of the times you you find people, um, they do a lot of things in hopes of 
getting a getting high praise or getting a pat on the back, and they're doing it for the wrong reasons. A lot of a lot of people um, feel like that's the way to go. Um, but if the Lord is in it, if the Lord is in it, and if the Lord is speaking through your heart, you don't need any real praise because it'll speak for itself. And the, and what you say, what, what you say as far as the Lord, it's stuff that is so important and so you don't really have to you don't really have to say too much more than just what the word says because the word is so self-explanatory sometimes because he's so good the bible's so good and the lord is so good Fifteen, uh, sixteen. It says, "For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will." I have been entrusted with stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority with the gospel. So he's doing this willingly. He's doing this willingly, and that's what we all have to remember, that you, it's not a, it's not a job. It's not like, oh, I got I to gotta get up and serve the Lord today. I, I guess I, I guess I should. I mean, you can't look at it like that. You got to do it willingly got to do it with the right heart and the right attitude because um, you're preaching about the Lord you're t- talking to people about the Lord and and everyone should get a chance to hear about the Lord 19 if for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I have become as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. But those who are without the law, as without law, not being without the law towards God, but under the law towards Christ, that 
I might win those who are without the law. So he's not just... I mean, he's free to do. He's free to do whatever he wants. He's free to, you know, preach to whatever people he wants to preach to. But he is preaching to all men. He's talking to everybody. Because Jesus is so important to the Jewish people to win them over. He's a servant of all men. And that's, a, and that's what we have to remember when we're going through our walk. That you're, you're serving the Lord. And you're serving the Lord and you're serving... You're serving him to get his word out and get his, uh, who he is and what he does for us. 22, it says, to the weak, I become as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. So he's, again, serving all men, serving all parts of life. He wants to win the weak. He wants to share the gospel with everybody. Share it with them. Be, be like a family. 24, it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So that's, that's a good uh, verse here because it's true. Everybody's in a race, but only one receives a prize at the end of the race. But everyone's going to win something after this race. Everyone's going to win eternity with the Lord if they believe. And that's something that will not go away. That's something that will not tarnish like every other medal that you might see people get in a real worldly race. And run it in such a way that you may obtain it. Like, don't slow down. Don't look back. Keep your eyes and your heart on the, on the finish line. And the finish line is eternity. And the more you keep your eyes on that, the more, you, the more I feel your heart would want to speed up. Your heart and your mind, and you want to speed up reaching for that, that goal. Because I, I know many of us, and I know people that may not be here tonight, but they don't want to spend eternity without the Lord. I wouldn't. Continuing on, 25, if, every, if everyone who competes for the prize 
is temperate in all things. Now they do not, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but if, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with the uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So we're going for that prize. The imperishable crown. We're going for that. Like I said, that prize that will never tarnish. That will go on forever. When all these other things fade away. Us with the Lord. Will never will never go away. Us with eternity with the Lord will never go away. And... And you're, thus you run for that with, not with un, uncertainty. You run it with, with fight, and you run it with gladness that you're gonna be with the Lord. You run it with this type of thing that you can't really describe because it just, so far not of this world that it's it's just something that everyone needs to strive for I know for myself it took a while to get on it took a while to get on the right track sort of so to speak but uh the more I grew and the more I'm starting, you know, the more I mature, I know that it's, this is what needs to be done. I'm very blessed that the Lord uses me where he does. And I know for many of you, if you're struggling or don't know where you fit, you know, keep running the race and... Keep your eyes on that eternal finish line because that's the main goal. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.